Problem was, I hadn't been fucked in three and a half years. Why? Because I voluntarily did not want to do anything, get involved in any kind of relationship, date, anything that took away from being focused on work. And so I made my sex bucket list and I was like, like you're going to focus on this for a year. You're going to focus on this the way you hyper-focus on your business goals. And let's see what happens. Let's just see what kind of changes that brings about. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Man Or Podcast. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers. Welcome to New York, buddy. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Most of you sluts are like, who's Aaron Rodgers? Just a sports ball guy that you probably don't want to fuck, but like I kind of do now. Give me a championship, baby. This means nothing to any of you. Uh, That's fine. Y'all relate to me on so much else that the sports ball nuts can't. So I still love that you're here. This week on the pod, I have got on fellow slutcaster Layla London. She's the host of the Curious Girl Diaries podcast, a show she started after a three and a half year dry spell. Oh, we're going to get into it and her fuck it list very soon. But first, everybody. Wow. The Naked Comedy Show. What a hit, what a what another success we had. What a good fucking time. Oh my, some of you were there in the audience and uh thanks for coming out. Highlights, let's do highlights, naked show highlights. There was a New York Times photographer in the audience and, and she's going around with a big, big camera. So at one point she's like far stage left, crouched down, getting a shot of Nick Viagas, and uh he's commenting that there's a fucking photographer there so he just turned her and like lifted and spread his sack at her gets a laugh that's fine and then he turned around oh no oh he did oh no and he fucking he spread his cheeks and showed his hole to the all that is fit to print photography lady and it got a huge big out a big laugh <laughs> the the only show you can potentially flash your asshole uh, to a photographer at, and it's okay. Uh, another another comedian, uh, Hannah Gerlander. She was on her period, and she was like gonna do a uh, a like tampon string reveal. Right, she tucked the string up there. She'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal it to them," and then she couldn't find the string. So there's like a solid ten seconds. She is just rummaging around her pussy, and and then it's like I think that's gone, and then just had to do her set, uh, which was fantastic. Go her. Dwayne Cullen, epic, mwah, Dwayne Cullen pulled a little, uh, in the middle of his set, he pulled a, uh, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I forgot my jokes, do you, do you do you all mind if I like pull out my set list, he, he did one of those, and then he pulled a tiny set list out from his foreskin, what a night we had, uh, so thanks everyone for coming out to the Naked Comedy Show at Hacienda, save the dates, our next shows are going to be May 20th and June 16th, uh, tickets will be on sale very, very soon. I've been making a practice that all my upcoming stand-up dates are in the show notes like tonight, Wednesday, tonight, April 26th, I'm going to be at Pete's Candy Shop at 10pm, it's a free comedy show, mostly because I'm going to have my pants on. So if you can endure clothed comedy and you're in Williamsburg, come on out to that uh, and check the show notes for anything else. I found myself going, getting into like a bit of a sexual routine, kind of just, okay, we're making out and then someone's going down someone and someone's going down on the other. And then once this dick is hard enough, we're going to put it in somebody and then we're going to do the things and I'm going to come and then either it's over or I'm going to like really give you a good finger fuck. And then we, you know, look at each other and smile and laugh. Not that that's a terrible sex script, just 
it's just not as fun when you do that in a routine. Two weekends ago, I was on my way to my uh, to one of my lover's places. We have a weekly Yellow Jackets date night. It's on Sunday night, even though Yellow Jackets comes out on Friday night. So basically from Friday uh, evening to Sunday night, I have to really be careful scrolling through Reddit lest I run into spoilers. And if you're not watching Yellow Jackets, by the way, maybe the best show on television right now, okay? So uh, I'm on my way over there, and I just recognized we were kind of not in a rut. It's not that any of the sex is bad. It was just getting, like, routine, and I felt like I'm, you know, so, okay. I just told myself over and over again in my head, I'm like, let's slow this shit down. Let's draw this out again. Let's try to make this resemble a little bit like when you first hook up with somebody. Those first early hookups, aren't those like some of the wildest, longest hookups? Especially if it's like the first time you're fucking and you don't go straight to the fucking. So you're making out and you're grinding and you're touching and sucking stuff for like six hours. And then you finally go grab a condom. And yes, you go grab a condom and then you put it on. And then you do the fuck stuff. And then you're just out of breath and you're sweaty. And you're like, oh my God, this chemistry is crazy. And then maybe you do that again like the next one or two times, but then kind of accidentally fall into that routine. We kind of fall into some sort of a sex script. And then a small other little factor about this I've been noticing is that, you know, when it comes to erection stuff, look, I'm out of joy mode. I've gone through two packets of it, okay? I'm, I'm currently empty. Look, I tend to hook up with women who don't read too far into boners, the type of woman I'm into knows that they can be finicky and, and is cool with stopping and starting the intercourse, knows that there's uh, different things that we can be doing, that dicks are going to get hard and soft. Like, I'm going to get hard, I'm going to get soft. I'm going to get hard again, I'm going to get soft again. And I don't mind fucking you a bit, doing something else, fucking you some more, doing something else. And so long as I know that you also don't mind, then I can have a good time with it. And I think I forgot that for a while. And I've started to get really conscious about erection and ejaculation and so i've been noticing that like in the early like in that first two minutes or so of banging i if i for some reason i'm starting to feel a certain way and maybe i'm going soft my body gets in this fight or flight situation it's like oh no we're getting soft and if we go soft the sex might be done and over forever so my body kind of says oh let's come now or we may never get to come again forever. That's scarcity mindset, everybody. And then I come a little quicker than I want to. But I also notice that if I if I do maintain the erection and I get through that first couple of minutes of like, ooh, I could, I could, mm, and I do my breathing and I keep, I stay present in the moment. I stay connected. If I get through that first couple of minutes, I'm usually good for like a 10 to 15 minute, you know. And so I'm on my little scoot scoot moped, which is a, a real emasculating way to travel through the city. But gosh, is it nice to just ride on a uh, ride on a moving chair? I very much enjoy the scoot scoot. Best way to get around town. It's how I answer the survey every time. I'm just telling myself like, slow down, stay calm, stay present, slow down. You're not in a rush. There's nowhere else to be afterwards. Yellow Jackets is going to be there. And so when I got to my lover's place, we uh. I just took my fucking time. I got on my knees and I just devoured her for a while, right? I let her get on her knees and just really, I got a handful of her hair and just slowly guided her because uh, I like my blowjobs a little slower and tighter rather than like fast and gaggy. And I just let her have a meal for a bit. And then like, yeah, then I get the condom and then we're fucking. And yeah, at a point I started to go soft a bit. I came out, I'm stroking over her, put a thumb on her clit. Okay, let's fuck some more. Maybe five minutes go by. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm somehow getting out of it. Okay, I'm like getting to the hilt. Let me lean in and let's like have a heavy makeout session until I get hard again while already still inside her. Great. And afterwards, by the way, like, you know, we had a little talk about the boner stuff. Uh, there was a moment in the middle of the sex where she was like, what can I do? And... You know, like I gave her something to do, like, you know, I put my dick in her hand and gave her something to do and with some like sexy instruction. But, you know, afterwards I was able to communicate with her. Hey, I know that the way you experience things is, oh, no, something's wrong. How can I fix it? Because that's the type of lady she is. But when you're going, hey, what can I do? It makes me think, oh, no, there's something wrong that she feels like she needs to fix. 
that means that this being soft in this present moment is wrong, and now my mind's just on my dick. So instead of asking, what can I do? I either want you to tell me something you want me to do. Hey, eat my pussy. Hey, put your dick in my mouth. Hey, come here and make out with me. Or I want you to say nothing and just enjoy whatever we're doing in the moment. But if you ask, what can I do? You're making me think that there's a problem you feel like you need to fix. And then it's making me think of my dick as a problem. And she received that. She's like, great, I can do that. I'm like, sick. Then we watched Yellow Jackets. Had a nice big bowl of salty popcorn with some Fritos and M&Ms and Reese's Pieces mixed in and had some whiskeys. And and then the next day I went to the doctor for a physical and they drew blood and uh, didn't tell me to fast for 12 hours beforehand. So yeah, my, my number's a little high. Boners. They're not the most necessary part of the sex time. Everyone calm down. Don't take them personally. And just enjoy whatever you can do while you're doing it. You might not be able to save the day for the next Naked Comedy Show. You may not be in the New York City metro area. But wherever you are in the world, you can save this date. May 11th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time is the next... Oh, oh my... Hot movie night. Fanhorn Nation, we're coming together in the champagne room that night to watch Three Daughters. It's not that kind of movie. It's not that kind of movie. It's allegedly a very feminist porno film from like the 70s or 80s. The three daughters are all having their fantasies individual of each other, separate. There's no, it's not, it's not like a Kay Parker movie. It comes highly, highly recommended from Emily Morse of Sex with Emily fame, okay? Anyways, we're coming together to watch a retro porno in the Champagne Room, our Discord server, and only Patreon members are invited. And why are they the only ones invited? Because they're the ones who are financially supporting this podcast. Have you, are you not a Patreon member? Have you never been a Patreon? What are you doing? It's $2. You know, you know who's got $2 for me? This week's Fan Whore Appreciation Moment person. Yes, I'm giving a big old thank you to the nurse. Because that's her name on Patreon, The Nurse. But I know who The Nurse is. She's a regular hot movie night viewer. She used to go over to her friend Mary Beth's place to watch the hot movie night with us all. But now she's a member herself, so she can join us from the, you know, from the privacy of her own home. What you doing over there, nurse? What what would happen if you tilted the camera down a bit? Mmm, girl. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for coming over to Hot Movie Night each month, and thank you for now supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. Support the indie podcaster you love. Join us for Hot Movie Night at patreon.com slash podcast or download the Patreon app. You can find me on there. And now for this week's guest, Layla London. Layla hosts the Curious Girl Diaries podcast, which uh, became an extension or an evolution of her blog, thecuriousgirldiaries.com. You are going to hear in the beginning, you're going to hear me beep her exact age because she does not disclose that normally, but it kind of slipped. Uh, but, but you know, she, she's, like, she's like late 40s-ish, okay? That's, that's the relevant piece of information you need. You can also hear me on uh, the most recent episode of her show. And, oh gosh, this woman's voice. I, yeah, I like it. I like it in in a in an appropriately inappropriate way. She's okay with it. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. I got a few uh, you know a few little commercially things you gotta listen to that I'm not making a load of money on, but it's contractually necessary that they go here. And then, and then, and then, Layla London. I had a like huge breakdown, like crying on my birthday when I was turned 30. Cause I just never mm-hmm. thought of what am I going to do after 30? <laughs> and so that was my big like age breakdown moment. And I haven't had one since or, you know, anything like that, but it does feel kind of weird to be like, Oh my God, I'm, but I feel, I, st- I don't, I just feel like, like I did when I was, I mean, I just feel, I still feel like sexy as fuck. I, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't feel like, oh, I'm old, even though chronologically, you know, yeah, I am, but it's, I don't know. 
I just clocked you as like maybe like a decade younger, right? It was just yeah. your energy, the way you spoke about sex. Also, like frankly, like um, the circumstances of you starting your your blog and show also seem to maybe line up with like a time period when I think a lot of people tend to have a shift that you were realizing like with their yeah. sexualities and I don't and also again that voice. Oh my god, your voice. Uh, didn't know what you look like. I was like, that voice is hot. Oh, I, I, I told you, I told you off mic before. I was just like the way you say cock, it's like well-rounded. There's no part of it that's missing. It's a very full oh my, utterance you know, of the word cock. I, I don't know how I say it. How do I say it? Can you, can you give us a good, just a good, don't think about it too hard, but like a good cock. Yes. I'll tell you from, I'm going to give you a lot. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back into last night's episode and, um, this guy that I see, um, he's got a, he's got the first uncircumcised cock that I've ever touched. And mm. can you lean a little closer in the mic when you say that word? Just I really want to I want to hear the the richness, the richness and the fullness. Uh, he's got the best uncircumcised cock that I've cock. ever. Yeah, uh, it's like a that oh, there's just so much uh, in your oh. Give uh, <laughs> me an ah. Uh. <laughs> I can just I can tell how much you like cock by the way you I say do. it. I There's do. an appreciation in your uh, pronunciation. There is. I'm not kidding. Like I literally. I'm not kidding like, either. I don't. I don't normally have this observation about someone. It's a weird observation with with yeah. Layla London, the sultry yes. voice behind the the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Right. That is me. Uh, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be on your show. Yeah, I had fun. Uh, I had fun recording yours. Uh, that, that was a good time uh, getting into the sex stories. Your, your show is a little bit like sex story detail heavier than mine. I sometimes I feel like I disappoint people. I'll start with like sexy story, and then I but then I want to get into like, well, what does it mean? And they're like, yeah. no, I'm. You, I was almost gonna come, and then you start right. getting deep. Yes, <laughs> they want you to stick to the story. I'm so much to the story though. I feel like, you know, and it's like, that's why I can't get certain sponsors and things like that because I can't, you know, because of my language and I want to tell the story and I enjoy telling the story. I love telling the story and sharing it. And that's why people tune in. So I can't really now, change it up. You were doing, you were doing a blog before you started putting out like audio posts and episodes, right? Yeah. Well, so when it's so the way it started was I originally thought I was going to, I, I just had this idea. Uh, I definitely wanted to document what I was doing. The original intent was that I was going to go crazy for a year. I made a sex bucket list and I was going to knock things off my list. And I really wanted to document it because I was so fascinated by, okay, if I do all this crazy shit, like who does this make me? I'm total vanilla woman here. Like who am I going to be at the end of this? And so documenting it was really interesting and important for me. And I felt like I was going to podcast about just dating in general. And then the sexy encounters, those were going to be in the form of the blog. But what I realized, and, and, um, you know, I, but sitting I, down I, the right, you know, who wants to do that when we, oh my once you God. pick, once you realize how e much easier the talking thing can be, what like was I thinking? <laughs> It was awful. Every I felt like I was giving birth. Every story was painful. I couldn't get it out. You know, it was like ah. Uh. So um, yeah, I just said fuck it. I s switched over to um, just straight podcasting. It, 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 you know, you reference yourself as being like vanilla, and like, and, and I please do not take this the wrong way because I think this is a mainstream normal POV. I'm just I've never not been like this, so I've just always been weird. But yeah. I. Like you were going over in like one of your early episodes, like you're kind of giving out like, here's what's on the bucket, sex bucket list. Yeah. And you went way back. Like, sounds like you went way back. Yeah. Well, cause I wanted to like know origin because I'm like, like I heard a li I listened yeah. to a recent one about pegging. Glad you're having a good time. But that, but that was like, I do want some origin story. You know, you're saying all this sex bucket list stuff and it's kind of like, kind of normal, like kind of like, I don't want to. I'm not being insulting or condescending, no. but they were like kind of like basic, like mm -hmm. if I was getting out of a 20 year monogamous relationship that was kind of vanilla with a guy who like barely ate my pussy, like this yeah. is the stuff I would find exciting or these are things I would read in a lot of like standard erotica novels yeah. and whatnot. So 
it, it like, and I was so curious, like what your relationship to sex was, um, you know, I guess from in your twenties and thirties, as well as maybe how you were raised around sexuality that led to you being like 40, early forties and, and being like, so excited to be like, I might even want to get spanked. <laughs> wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be naughty? Like, <laughs> like tie me up and like, Did I say that? me. <laughs> yeah. You were oh like, I want to, I want to, I want to be dominated. Like, and with your age, I was just, I'm so curious where you were sexually twenties and thirties. Yeah. So, um, first of all, growing up, it was this very sex positive house and really? I mean more, more, oh yeah. More than I mean, my mom was so just like she we just were cock, gonna, cock 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 no she didn't use the we word say cock. cock in this household we she didn't we didn't use the word cock but she oh she was a, she was a dick girl was that is that what she was <laughs> no she just I mean she just wanted to make sure that I we talked about it and that I you know there was an open door policy and that you know she, I understood that you know uh, my orgasm was important too and it's not just about the man getting off and you know is he doing anything for you and if he's selfish in bed get rid of him you know just like I mean my mom was so in my face about it and I was just like oh my god like conversations you don't want to have with your mom but and it was like I mean we had the sex talk in third grade and so it just kind of kept going from there so it was a very open. There was a lot of affection between my parents. You know, I mean, I would see them, they were hot for each other. You know, you knew they were, they were doing it. It, You know, I walked in a couple times on it. Oh my God. Like you can't erase that from your mind. And so it was, you know, it was always very out there. And so it wasn't a big deal to me. And, and then, you know, as I start dating and having sex, I always kind of knew, you know, how my body worked and about masturbating and getting off and then trying to make that happen with a guy, making sure he was doing it right. And I always had good sex, but I don't think I had super, had discovered that super connected, deep, you know, like mind blowing kind of sex. And so that was, I always had this feeling like I knew there was something deeper. Cause every once in a while you'd have a partner where you'd hit on it. You're like, Whoa, what was that? Like, Holy shit. And then, you know, and, but I, it wasn't, it just wasn't something that I thought like, Hey, this is an important aspect of my life. And I want to make sure that I'm giving it enough time and developing it so that I can, you know, have the most rich, full sex life I can possibly have. And in terms of the- like the type of sex you were having, is it like, pretty like you know even the good sex is it like fairly normative though like yes at that point oh yes yeah I mean I wasn't you know I I didn't even have a dildo till I was like 25 Mm. yeah yeah and the boyfriend I had at the time wanted me to get rid of it because he 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 said that like that was cheating on him (laughs) I said do you jack off well then you better cut your fucking right hand off then because you're cheating. Like on throw them. away all your socks. No more wanted, tube socks for you. He literally wanted me to throw it away. I was like, no. Do you know yeah, how much this like, thing fucking cost? It was, if it was a it good was, one. It was a Mr. Bunny. And like literally the first time that those little ears hit my clit, I was like, oh sweet Jesus. What have I been missing? Like, mm. why have I not? And the pop beads that went around and got your G's, but oh my God. So that thing was like changed my life. <laughs> so, so there's world. a healthy attitude towards sexuality. There is sex happening. There's even good sex happening, but still pretty, still the type of sex where like even the good sex, it's not like, oh my God, it's so kinky or, oh my God, yeah. the group thing or like, you know, the, the not like doing it in the kitchen was probably the, the <gasps> yeah. kind of type, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, or just like um, anal. That was like, you know, that like, was the, ooh, that was the taboo that was, thing. That was like the kind of wild. Yeah. You're putting, you're putting that, you know, your cocks in my ass. So that's like a big deal. Cause like, like the people I, like my friend circle to them doing something totally like crazy wild is like doing like, like needle play. Like oh. that's what they have to do to get to extreme. So that's, like, that's, that's why I was trying your, to get an idea of like yeah. of a frame of reference for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I was very, very vanilla, but I got in this, um, you know, I was very much about my business 
and it was doing very well. And I just kind of like for the time and space, I and you know, the way the market was at that point, I just had to go with it. <clears throat> and, you know, I was like, I knew that this is my like, if I just ride this back up, I'm gonna be sitting pretty. So I, you know, I was just like hustle, 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 and killing it and really identifying like that's where sort of like my worth and my sexiness, if you will. Like I loved my work. Like it was like my porn. Like I had to sit and look at it and do it. And, you know, I I loved it. And I kind of poked my head up one day and went, actually, I was coming out of the shower. Here's how it happened. I was coming out of the shower. You know, you're drying yourself off, checking yourself out. And I was like, not bad. Yeah. You know, and you know, as you do. Right. And I thought, what the, wait a minute. Like nobody is seeing this. Like what is going on? I am wasting the pretty, like I need to get out there and this is wrong. You know, like it just hit me. So I went into business mode because I immediately identified I have a problem. I need to solve it. And here's how I'm going to do it. And And what exactly was the problem? The problem was I hadn't been fucked in three and a half years. Why? Because I voluntarily did not want to do anything, get involved in any kind of relationship, date, anything that took away, put my mind away from being focused on work. And I mean, when you're doing this three and a half years, like when you're focusing on the work, are you ever kind of distracted by like, I really would like to get fucked? By getting horny, you mean? Yeah. Like, would you get horny, but like, not just horny, like, oh, I'm horny. I'm going to go beat off. It's like, like, are you knowingly missing the connection part of everything? Or are you so into work? You're like, I forgot that I'm supposed to, you know, talk yeah. to boys. I forgot that I'm supposed to talk to boys. And mm. boys would be talking to me and I wouldn't even pick up on the fact that this guy's just like totally trying to ask me out, you know? And I'm like, my friends would be like, he's just trying to ask you out. And you're just like, but no, I want to see like, well, what? does he have investor potential? Yeah. I'm like, well, I, w- <laughs> I don't know. You know, <laughs> I totally missed it. I mean, I... I mean, I got asked out by a, like I, my attorney one day called me and was just like, for no reason, you know, just like no reason. Cause I'm like, oh shit, what's, we got a problem. What's going on here? You know? And then he's just like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> like, I'm working. What are you doing? You know, I'm thinking maybe he's calling me about a deal or something's going on. And he's like, kind of just starting to try to ask me out. And then it, I it didn't even really dawn on me until I got off the phone with him. Like, cause I was like, that's really weird. And then I was, and then it, and then like five minutes later, I'm like, I think he was trying to ask me out. I think he was going to, he was trying to ask me out. It was totally just a personal call, you know? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I didn't get it. You know, I just was so, he was cute too. I should have fucked him. <laughs> I mean, attorney, he was hot catch, right? Huh? It's an attorney. It's not a bad catch. I know he was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> and And so what finally brings you out of it and says like, I am active. I've, oh yeah, shit. I haven't been late in a few years. I'm going to, I'm in business mode. Like what's the plan? Yeah. So the plan is, um, okay, there's a problem. We got to have a solution. And the problem is I need more men and I need more dicks. And where am I going to find those? And how am I going to make this fun and engaging and interesting for myself? And what's the timeline to do all this so that I don't procrastinate about it? And so I made my sex bucket list and I was like, like, you are going to, you're going to focus on this for a year. You're going to focus on this, hyper-focus on this, the way you hyper-focus on your business goals. And let's see what happens. Let's just see what kind of changes that brings about. So that got me excited because I love, I'm just kind of a yes person. I do like adventure. So I made my list and then I got on some, you know, hookup sites, Tinder, you know, the apps, all that. And I met this guy, I met Titanic, who we were talking about earlier. And his nickname um, is not Titanic because it's really big. That was also my first guest, people, but that's not the case. No, it's because, trust me, I knew like we were just destined to sink to the, he was destined to sink to the bottom. I knew it. But he what was so much you, fun. The second time you said it, what does it mean, sink to the bottom? Does it mean just like he's going down? I'm, I'm confused. I mean, just like, I, there was so much connection and chemistry between us, but it wasn't like the healthiest. Oh, I could, so yeah. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. And, and he was, um, you know, I mean, we did, we, we, he's sexy as fuck. We just have this, mm, this rub, you know, between us. And, but I knew like, 
I can't put up with this guy's shit in the real world. Like I would just chew him up and spit him out all the time. You know, I'd be. What does that mean? Like, what do you mean? What kind of shit? He's just cocky. He's just really cocky. And I mean, part of me like likes that. I like the confidence, but it was to the point where, you know, it was, he wanted to manipulate me. You know, he didn't eventually, he didn't like the fact that what I was doing, he didn't like that I would wanted to be in, you know, open. I mean, I tell everybody that, that I see, you know, it's like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to be knocking stuff off my bucket list and I want more than one partner and I will be open and honest with you about what's going on. And, you know, we just have to kind of navigate how this works for both of us. Would anybody like be like, can I see the list and call dibs on some stuff? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what a lot of guys did, which was great. I mean, this is why it was so much fun to have that list because guys would be like, oh, either they go, I've never done that. I want to do that too. And then that was exciting because it bonded you together and you guys are off on this adventure together. Or someone would be like, I have a lot of experience in this and I would love to lead you through this. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, great, because I want to find somebody that really understands, you know, this and how to do it right. Roughly how many items were on that bucket list, the, the initial bucket list? Probably like 10, I think, 9 or 10. Okay. Yeah. How long did it take you to like get through? Did you get through all of them? And if so, like how, how long did that take? Uh, so in the first year, I got through most of them. I did not get through um, the threesomes, which I finally just broke that. Like, took, Can you believe? It took me like just how? to this year. Because it just wouldn't line up. Like... If I want, I, I wanted, you know, to experience a woman, I don't consider myself bisexual, but I wanted to just see what that was all about. Maybe I'm bisexual. I don't know. You know, I haven't explored it. So every time I would find a couple, it just like either I was more attracted to him than her, or I was more attracted to her than him. And I always wanted to have a spark with the woman because I know what guys are about. I, I want to, you know, like, I want this to be more about my dynamic with her and, um, so it just never, never quite, you know, like it was either she was great and I just could be like, I just can't imagine myself getting naked with this, with her partner. <laughs> so it, it never quite matched up, but I did, I have been in a throuple, uh, since about December and, oh. uh, mm-hmm. and also of- still like non-monogamous, like, can you play outside the throuple or are y'all like sure. a closed? No, I play outside of the throuple. It's. You know, we, they're, they're closed, but, uh, it is, and it does take some navigating because, you know, I have to, like, I just recently, um, slept with somebody new. And so even though we use condoms, you know, I have to, I just got tested, you know, it's like, and I told them, Hey, I'm out until, you know, I get until we just confirm that I haven't contracted anything because nobody wants to get anything. So. Oh, you, you, uh, so you, wait, if you fuck anybody, even with protection, you'll bow out for a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, that's very, that's, you run a tight ship. Well, unlike it's, the I, Titanic, if they had I run know. a tighter ship, maybe they would have made it to New York. I know. Uh, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's funny that he just, the other night, was it last night or the night before? There's a text from him, you know, and so we're going on and on and I'm like, here we go. Let's watch. He's going to, I can see the cycle and then boom, it's like let's get drinks, let's have dinner, you know? And I was just like, no. (laughs) Do you think creating a fuck it list that, you know, at that part, you know, that time of your life, do you think that's a healthy way to fast track experience? If you could do it again, would you still do it in this business minded? Okay, we're going to check it off. We're going to do this. We're going to go get it. Or would, would you tackle the gaining experience thing differently? For my personality, I would still do it this the way that I did it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I know that procrastination, you know, everybody talks about, they'll set a goal for something. And the hardest part, you know, we all want to do stuff, but the hardest part is actually executing on it. And so I'm good at executing because I'm, I know how to set up a process that I can do it efficiently and be effective. And that's what I wanted to do. And Mm. that's what works for me. Tell us about the first thing that you crossed off the list. The first thing, well, first thing was just breaking my dry spell. Okay. That was like, yeah. Was it any good? It was good. I mean, I, so I will say, so to Titanic's credit, um, I'm going to have to tell him to listen to this. Um, (laughs) 
Um, he, I mean, he understood that it has been three and a half years. He knew exactly what, you know, I wanted to get out of it. And he was so, you know, thoughtful and like had set, you know, set the room up really nice music, candles, great dinner, uh, wine. I mean, you know, just really thoughtful, a playlist, you know, I mean, like just really yeah. thoughtful about everything. And, um, and he was good in bed. So, and we had great chemistry. So, it, but it was weird just like that moment, that second where, you know, he was, there's a man inside me all of a sudden there's a man inside my body and I haven't had that in the longest time. And I was like, poof, dry spell broken. There we go. Yeah. But like then, but then after that, the first like non-normative thing, the next, uh, the first, you know, trying yeah. something new and different. What, yeah. what was, what, what was it? What, how'd it go? I think it was the squirting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had never, squirted. I wanted to squirt. I didn't know if I could squirt. And so I had to have someone that, you know, knew how to do that. And I did meet someone who knew how to do that. And he also was, uh, a, you know, a, a dominant and into BDSM. And so I wanted to explore that as well. So the first time we had sex, I mean, literally rocked my world, like just, I mean, I had to, uh, th there was not a dry spot on the bed. He, I mean, I was squirting everywhere and I didn't, I didn't think he could like, how the fuck does this guy know my body better than me? Like I, I really was like, you know, he said, oh yeah, I can do that. Like I can make you squirt. And I was like, oh, come on, buddy. Bring it big time. Let's see. It. And what come did on. he do? What, what was the secret? He just knew what to do. He knew how to make it happen. He knew how to hit my G spot and get his fingers in there. And just, I mean, like, I couldn't believe it. I literally was like, there's no way. And the way my body was reacting and responding to him just blew my mind. Yeah, we did. We, we ended up, we were together for three and a half years after that. <laughs> well, I kept that, I kept that around. So you wouldn't be able to instruct somebody on how to make you squirt. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. Now you could. Now, okay. Now I could, but uh, no. At the time, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You got to know what you're doing. You know. I mean, it was one of those things. So. But the, the people who are, have not made the yeah. the bed sheets wet yet, you know, what's a tip or two? How do they do it? So, well, for me, what he did was he put two, you know, two fingers in. I think the index finger and the middle finger and put it right, hooked it right onto my G spot and started doing that kind of, you know, come here motion. But then he took his hand on the outside and pressed mm -hmm. down so that he really got the strong contact right on my G spot. And I'd never had that much pressure on my G spot. Because, you know, just, just jabbing at it from the inside, you just kind of get it that way. But when you sandwich that G-spot between your hand and those fingers, holy shit. I mean, like, just made my head pop off. I was like, what is this? I mean, I still can remember the look on my face, like going, like looking down and going, what is happening? And I could feel, like, it felt like I wanted to pee. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to pee, you know? <laughs> so How I tried to like... I tried how holding firm it in. Is he pressing, how firm is he pressing down? Because I've I've heard this tip before, and every time I like I do, I'm always just so nervous I'm gonna hurt her. Like I'm like, I don't want to press too hard. So I never know yeah. like what I'm supposed to do, like how yeah. hard to go. Um I mean, like, I don't know how much I don't know how like how many pounds of pressure, but just I think probably until you kind of feel that it's snug. You've, you've, you've created a deficit in the space that was there. If you just have your palm resting okay. on the outside, the other thing that that does that feels really good is when you're pushing, you're kind of pulling up everything. And so like all the nerves around outside your labia also are like feeling that too. Mm -hmm. And that just felt really good, you know? So it just, it hit a bunch of things at once. And Whew. Yeah. It was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then once you start to learn how to do it, then you can do it other ways. Then I can do it on the stick. He could make, he could, it wasn't, he wasn't just doing the fingers. Like he could make me come on his cock. He could make me, I mean, or, you know, squirt on his cock and just, 
even then I like started to be able to do it with different dildos. And I realized like, I had this one really, really big dildo with with a suction cup. That thing is so big that I I never really kind of realized that the fullness and being stretched and then hitting your A spot too at the same time, that'll make it happen. So what was, was there anything on the initial fuck it list that you, you tried and it was not for you? Uh, I mean, no, not really. I mean, there was, there were things that I thought were going to be super hot for a specific reason. And then it didn't end up, that didn't end up being the thing that really turned me on and sent me over the edge. But just because I was there and open and in that situation, then, you know, usually what ends up happening is you'll find other things that you didn't even know that were on your radar. Now they are. And you're like, whoa. Didn't like what? Think that, like people watching me. Mm. I I would get asked all the time, you know, in the beginning, like, oh, are you into, you know, you want people to watch you? And I was like, do strangers mean? Like, you know, I said, no, no, that, uh, that doesn't do anything for me. Turns out it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out I really, really like it. So that, that, that's one of the things that has gotten me them like dripping down my leg wet, just being watched. Like, I love that, you know, that. What energy. was that first experience like, uh, being watched? It was fucking hot. So I was at a sex party and the, you know, the guy that I was with, we didn't, I kind of thought initially, oh, well, you know, this is, this was, I was thinking we're going to, I'm going to have a threesome. We're going to find a single person or another couple, right. you know, I'm, I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to have that happen. Cause that was on the list. You were like, we got to go to the party yeah, and do the threesome. We, You're not even thinking about what else you could accomplish at this party. No. It was just cause it was kind of combining two things. I wanted to go to a sex party just cause I was curious, right. Want to see what it's all about. And then, um, I thought, the intention was when we went, we would find a third or a couple. And so when we were there, I just didn't really see anybody that, you know, I thought felt comfortable doing that with, but I was just like, we went, we went into this, there was all these different rooms with the different things going on. So we just went into this room where there were couples were just coupled up and having sex. And so I'm like, I don't know if I want to fuck you in front of all these people, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you the best blowjob of your life. And so as I'm doing that, I can hear people like coming, you know, standing behind me. I can hear what they're saying and I can hear them. I mean, they're getting close. Like they're almost, I can almost feel them breathing on me and I can feel how turned on they're getting. And I can hear what they're saying and how erotic it is for them to watch me doing this with my partner. And he and I were very connected and it was just like, something in my brain just was like click. And I was just like, loved, I love that attention. I, I, it got me so hot and I was just like, I love this. Yeah. That's amazing. And I couldn't wait to do it again. (laughs) So is that something that's like become kind of like a, like part of not routine, but something you'll indulge in uh, somewhat frequently? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now it's like, now when I just like invite someone over to be like, Hey, Hey dude, just come over here and watch me bang. Well, so kind of a different offshoot of that then is, is when I'm in the thruple and, you know, like we'll watch each other or I like to make her, uh, watch us, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, you know, I like to just make her sit in the chair and she can't touch herself and she has to, you know, and then I'll bend over the chair and I'll growl in her ear, you know, and I'll be touching her while he's behind me fucking me. And I'm telling her how yeah. good it feels. And, you know, do you, don't you just love watching your fiance fuck me and, you know, like, and all this stuff. And she's, <laughs> she likes it. She likes it. And I love it. I love, I like that control. And I like just being kind of the bossy one. Uh, is, when this it comes a, to- uh, is this couple younger than you? Um, no, well, she oh. is younger than me, but he's where the, he and I are the same age. All right. Around I hear fiance. Some, uh, it's cool. her fiance. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that's fun. But they're totally they're, you know, they're open, they're into it. So, and and uh and then just the difference of even just watching them is super hot. You know, like yeah. when when we're all together, when we're all together, um, you know, obviously we're we've only got one dick, right? So we're we're doing all kinds of stuff, but we're t- you know, we're we're taking turns getting fucked and I love watching just 
watching them. I like her watching us more for sure, but I definitely enjoy watching them. It's just, it's very erotic. So did you, and the, and the whole time you're going through all this experimentation, uh, all these years ago, I mean, you, the podcast, the first episodes are like in the end of 2017. I mean, you've been, you know, we've both been at this quite a, quite a while. <clears throat> yeah. You're, you're documenting it publicly, obviously under like, you know, assumed name and all that. You don't, you don't show your face, uh, yeah. in, in like your social media and stuff. What was the experience like just sharing it? Was it almost like an extension of people are watching you, but like they're also watching via your words or, or your voice. You're talking about just doing the podcast. Well, yeah, doing during the Curious Girl Diaries is you're, you're documenting everything publicly as you're like, you know what? I've got the list. I'm in business mode. This three and a half yeah. year dry spell, it's over. And you decide you're going to do this blog and then eventually start also doing a podcast with it. And, um, you know, how, how was that experience putting it all out so publicly online? You know, I think because people don't know who I am, there's a lot of safety in that in the beginning, you know, that was very comforting to me. And, um, I'm just this, just this anonymous voice. And, you know, like if you, if you went back to the early shit, like there was no editing, it was me and my laptop and I would sit down and I would just let it rip whatever off the top of my head, whatever I wanted to discuss sometimes. And sometimes I would do, you know, cause you, you're just, there was no intention of it going long-term, I would do three episodes in a day, like nine minutes, you know, like, I'm like, Oh, I gotta talk about this. I'm gonna talk about that. And then sometimes you wouldn't hear from me for weeks, you know? So it was just, it was really, it was all for me at that point. And so I didn't think much about it. I didn't feel self-conscious. I didn't feel self-conscious until I started seeing downloads. And then I was like, who are these people? How are they finding me? You know? And then the show started to grow. And then at the end of the year, when I was going to shut it down, people were like, you can't. And I thought, you know what? I'm having so much fun. I'll just do it one more year. Mm. And then it was one more year, one more year. And then now I'm like, I'm in it. Yeah. When you got through the first fuck it list or a lot of it, like, did you have to start adding stuff to it? Do you make a new list? Is the whole yeah. concept of doing a list thrown out the window? No, I just, no, I actually still use that same format. I keep a list. And because again, I feel like if you don't, if you don't, you know, it's like with anything in your life, you have a direction, a sense of purpose, you know what you want to accomplish. It's powerful when you write stuff down and it just keeps you focused on, oh yeah, I said I was going to do that. Well, I better make arrangements or I wanted to go to another sex party. Okay. Let's see where, let me find some, let me book, book one. You know I mean? Like it's just that little thing that helps keep you keeping it fresh, moving forward with it. You don't get that. I I'm worried about me falling back into my old habits, which is, you know, if I don't, if I don't make myself hyper-focus on it, I, I, it's easy for it not to get done. So mm -hmm. I just don't want that to happen. What, what, what's on, what's on the list now? Where, where are some newer things? Have, has the list gotten more extreme? Um, I mean, sort of, it, you know, yeah. I mean, probably there's, there's some aspects that might be more extreme. Um, I, so like I said, I finally, you know, got the, I got my threesome, but I still want to do the male, female, male that is sure. still on the list. And it's harder to get guys to do that than, you know, than you think. Um, cause every time I have a partner, I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. Right. And then he's like, yes. And then it, then it can go sideways. Like, well, I don't know. I don't like that guy or uh, you know, it's always weird. It's weird stuff. But, um, I think, I think I'm close to making that happen too. Mm -hmm. what, yeah. what, 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 what else? I mean, again, to me, I'm just like, okay, like a, a okay. male, female, male. Okay, sure. You, you have one of the males. Great. You're almost there. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's not yeah. what I think of it. Well, so right now I have, so I'm, consider myself a submissive. I, in bed, I love a dominant man. I like all that. I'm into BDSM, but right now I'm exploring the other side of it. I am someone's dominant. And it's kind of interesting because that's putting, it's connecting a lot of dots for me because now I understand, I, I feel like I understand my submissive side even that much more stepping into the other side of it and having to do the heavy lifting, be the creative one, 
you know, the one that's in charge and in control, really trying to make sure that I'm, you know, fulfilling what he wants sexually and that it's also good for me too. And I've just always been the receiver, you know, and I love that, but this is different. And so I, it's, it gives me a lot of respect for men and, and also good dominance because like, it's, it's not easy to always be creative and be good in bed and, you know, and just keep it fresh and hot. And so. What do you, what do you think, uh, what do you think is most taboo on your list or that has been on your list? What do you think like the most taboo thing is, uh, that, that you have on there? Probably the, I mean, probably the pegging. I mean, it's okay. like, it's a, it, there's a stigma around it for, for guys. And I, had a stigma around it myself, even like that. I mean, I can remember this distinctly. There was one time a, a partner of mine who was very dominant, just got in this one position. And I just didn't even, I didn't like it because I felt masculine. I felt like I'm the one fucking you. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not supposed to be happening. And that stuck with me. And and so it just took me a while to kind of get, come around to feeling turned on. Like, you know what? It would be hot to fuck that guy in the ass. Like I, you know, grabbing his hips and being like, "Mm," you know, yes, I would totally fuck you. You know, just it, it took a while for that side of me to sort of develop. And that's, that's the fun thing about your sexuality. I feel like it's so fluid. It's constantly changing. You, you know, it, it, it's like, has a life of its own. I mean, you can stifle it and put it like, make it really, really boring or just put yourself in different situations and scenarios and be open, you know, to what may or may not happen. doesn't mean you have to do it, but a lot of times just because you're in the situation or open to something you'll, you know, you'll find that things will creep in there that you didn't even know were hot. I was grip like last night, like when he's getting super, super turned on, you know, and he's not supposed to come, but I like to, I like to exacerbate that feeling for him and just grab his dick and just squeeze it like with as much grip strength as I can. And he's just like, and I'm like, don't come. You better not come. Do not come. Even though I know he's just like dying right then, you know, to just come all over the place. So, yeah. And and what do you think you've learned about yourself? I feel like I'm happier. I'm more well-balanced. I just, I'm able to connect with other human beings in ways that I never was able to before. And I just understand myself so much better. There's so much that leading with your sexuality or having a healthy sex life teaches you about you. You know, I mean, it's really going to expose a lot and it's a great way. I mean, and it's very pleasurable, obviously, but it's also just a great, I mean, it's just like a great learning tool. And that's the reason I wanted to document everything because I was really just like, I really thought I was going to do this for a year, be unchanged, and then just slink off into this, you know, background and off I go. And that was going to be that, that I, that it wouldn't have this hold on me or that I wouldn't recognize that it was an important vital part of me that I just didn't give any energy towards that I needed, really needed to. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and Chuck G has a question for you in our ask the guest channel, uh, in the champagne room, our discord server. It's a, it's a channel where uh, members of my Patreon community can ask any questions to my upcoming guests and I will ask them. He, he wants, he does want to know what will, cause you've described that it's uh, the fuck it list that never die. You keep adding to it, right? Yeah. What will never be on your fuck it list? Okay. So. I have this saying now, because if I had, if you listen to the early years, I said a lot of nevers and I would never do this. I would never do that. I don't like this. I don't like that. Most of those I have completely blown past and absolutely love. So, um, I try not to say never, I try to say, um, you know, I really don't feel that that's something that I am comfortable with. (laughs) That would be scat play. That would be scat play. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 
Before we go, it, it's it's a little bit of a, a bit of a left turn. As someone who was out dating a lot, you were you were very sexually active, right? You're in dating. It, you you've had a dating a, a great long dating career. I am curious if you could compare and contrast a bit for us before we go. Uh, dating men in the '90s versus dating men today. Oh, um, interesting. Good question. Okay. Um, well, I feel like men. I feel like and this could be wrong, but I feel like men were more consistent in the '90s. I feel like maybe because you know now we have you know i mean i don't think i ever got ghosted in the 90s you know and someone would call and leave a message on your voicemail <laughs> your actual answering machine you know like um just different it i feel like men like they would really pursue it they they knew they had to what they, they weren't on an app like when they were asking you out for the most part i mean we still had like we still had match.com and i think even tinder um but it was just more that people were intentional and some a little bit more traditional about asking you out and following up and their follow through. Mm-hmm. And I never got dick picked back then. Because they'd have to and, get postage. <laughs> right. I mean, like nobody, you didn't get a dick pic, even though, you know, we had cell phones, you didn't get a dick pic. And now I feel like, there's, I run across so many men and I'm always blown away at the, how low the bar, how low of a bar they have set for themselves. And when it comes to trying to appeal to a woman and I, you know, I, I, I'm like, God dang, who, I mean, like, where did you get this? Uh, is it because you grew up with more porn? It was it more readily available is because there's just so much swipe left, swipe right. There's always another one. I mean, what, what is, what's going on? And I, I don't know. I mean, that's the, that's the weird thing. Like, I, I don't know, but I do know that I'm still, I still kind of, I am still the same way. I'm still a very straight shooter. I'm about being open and honest and direct with someone. And, you know, we're all adults, like, let's just behave like it. So but unfortunately, it just seems like a lot of guys, I mean, I can, I can smell the dick pic coming. Like I, when, uh, when the conversation starts to go a certain way, I'm like, literally, I'll be like, oh boy, hold for, wait for it, wait for it, you know? And then boop, there it is. You know? And I'm like, how did I know that was coming? I mean, it's so, it's so unoriginal. I just feel like, hey, you know, this is part of the one thing that's really important to me is consent, you know, and and nobody's consenting to a dick pic if they haven't said yes. So all you, if you love to send dick pics, ask, just ask, you know. That's definitely or, the level 101 tip. Level 201 would be also like read the context. Like, is it appropriate to ask this person at this time in this way? Yes. And if you're going to send dick pics, uh, please don't have a messy room where, or have it be over the toilet seat with a bunch of pubes and pee I spots. don't understand that fucking one. Holy shit. What? Uh, but that's the most common dick pic you're going to get. And also, if you feel like you're trying to show me that your dick is big, you need to understand angles because mm-hmm. you may be sending a dick pic thinking you're, that you're just going to take my breath away because it's so big and I'm going to be so overwhelmed just looking at it. But instead I'm like, Oh, you know, like that looks small. That doesn't look big. Like I'm not impressed. I mean, like what were you trying to convey here other than you looks like you haven't folded your laundry in three years and I can see what you had for dinner last night right there next to your bed. And your place is a total mess and a shit show. Like I would never fuck you in that bed. That's all I'm thinking. Splatters on the mirror. Like my mind is like, oh my god, what? A oh, pig. I gotta clean my mirror too. Fuck. Okay, I'm yes. back to the list. Just push the, the junk. Like, look at what's in the frame. Push the shit out of the way. I wouldn't put that in a picture, but I do. Just in the real world, I'm like, I, that, that that mirror hit line hit me. Like, I wouldn't put that in a photo, but I was like, my mirror could use a wipe. Uh, but you know, we try. I got hand towels last year for the first time. Because enough oh. women commented about it 
for like a long time. And I was like, were oh, you I wiping hand your hands off? Did you wash your hands after you go to the bathroom? A towel. It was a towel. Oh. Right there. Mm-hmm. Or like, or, 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 or I had hand towels that were not actual hand towels. Like they weren't cloth hand. They were just like something like, you know, like you'll get like, <laughs> I'm disgusting. You know, like they'll give you like a, sometimes you go to like a football game. They'll give you a rally towel that is the size of a hand towel, is the dimensions yeah. of a hand towel. Yeah. But it's not a hand towel. But yeah. I would just, oh, this Jets rag that they gave out at the season opener. That was my hand towel. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Until like yeah. enough, a couple of women commented about it in the last couple of years. And then like, I went to the dollar store and bought a couple of hand towels. And now it's <laughs> like the, the first dollar store. <laughs> okay. Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting fancy or nothing unless somebody wants yeah. to buy me nice hand towels. But yeah, <laughs> she comes over and goes, do you have hand towels? That's not really That's what nice. happened. I, she walked in the door. I said, go look, go look. I have hand towels now. I was very yeah, proud yeah. of myself. <laughs> yeah. No, that's nice. I mean, yeah, you want to see, I don't know. There's other weird little things. Like I'll pick up on like, I can tell if a guy, like what I don't like is cheaters. Like I'm sure. always like on the hunt for, you know, like, so if I can, like you send me a picture, I can tell you whether you got a girlfriend or not. Oh shit. Yeah. Layla, this was fantastic. I'm glad we got to meet you. Uh, I know. Nice to see your face. I feel honored. I get to see it and others don't. They're missing out. Uh, Thank you. I will just say. And where can people go to find you, follow you, and hear you say the word cock really well? They can. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know how much I say it on my podcast. Um, <laughs> the best way, I, I just keep it simple. I just tell everybody to go to my website because from there you can navigate wherever you want to go. So it's thecuriousgirldiaries.com. If you want to just link to my socials, just scroll straight to the bottom and all the links are there because all my handles are different. So I'm not going to call them all out. Uh, you can also, I do have a free sex bucket list tutorial. If anybody would like to make their own sex bucket list, it's super easy. Take takes you about 45 minutes, an hour. You'll leave with about five good, solid things that will kind of start you on your way. And I also have a private podcast and curious community that you can join if you'd like. And there's, of course, that's all of course on the website. Fantastic. And of uh, course well, the podcast, the curious girl diaries, and yes. that's, just Google that. That's anywhere you listen to podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, there I am. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? All right. Bye, everyone. Mwah. In the notes of the show, you will find all the show notes. In the show notes, you will find all the things that you need. And the things that you need are linked to in the notes of this show, a.k.a. the show notes. I think that's an easier call to action than listing a whole bunch of social media handles that you were like, wait, what? How do, how do I spell that? Go on down there. You'll also see my upcoming stand-up show dates. Uh, folks, the Champagne Room is our sex-positive Discord server. Not only should you be in there, your like-minded friends should be in there, too. They don't even need to listen to this podcast. And uh, and we do a lot of, like, questions of the day. Recently, question of the day was, uh, tell us some embarrassing sex stories. And I gotta say, whoreheads, y'all showed the fuck up. So in the outro for the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read y'all... An embarrassing sex story from one of our members in TCR. I'm going to read a story uh, by Jeff C. And if you want to be like Jeff C, become a member of my Patreon community. This dude's been supporting me just a few bucks every month for like seven or eight years, okay? Be like Jeff. Throw down. Slip a couple dollars into my panties because I (laughs) really need it. Become a member today, support the pod you love at patreon.com slash podcast, or download the Patreon app. You can find me on there. Next week, Zachary Zane, the bi boy slut, returns because he's just that goddamn good. And now for this embarrassing sex story from Jeff C. in the Champagne Room. This is going to sound really bad, but I'm telling it anyway. My mom was in the hospital for colon cancer surgery. It had been very tense, and when the surgeon told us the tumor was contained and mom wouldn't need chemo or radiation, it was a major relief. My wife and I were in her hospital room waiting for her to come back from recovery when we looked at each other and both had the naughty idea to have sex in the bathroom. 
We quickly pulled off enough clothes to gain access to each other's junk. We quickly went from fingering and stroking to standing doggy. I'm pounding away as it's been weeks since we had last fucked. Oh, that's that's what reinvigorated you, Jeff? Mom not dying? That's kind of cute. Okay. <laughs> and then I hear the hospital room door open. It wasn't my mom being returned to her room, but my aunt, my dad's sister, checking to see if mom was back. We quickly dressed and I went into the room, leaving my wife in the bathroom. By the way, I said to her, rinse out your eye in the sink and I'll check on you in a minute. <laughs> Jeff! <laughs> you dog. I don't think my aunt believed my story as she gave me a disgusted look and quickly left. I went back into the bathroom, took off my pants, and finished fucking my wife. It was the pressure relief we both needed, so it was worth the interruption. This occurred about 25 years ago. Mom is gone, my aunt is gone, and I think my sex life is also gone, but that was a lot of fun. Disgusting, doggish, embarrassing, maybe. Jeff C., congrats on getting covered in cum for your story. Thanks for sharing it with us. Everybody else, stay slutty. <laughs>